This is Soundtrack, a podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Leakey. Hey everyone, we're with Josh Salamoni. How you doing? Good, good. Awesome, this, man. Uh, we've known each other for several years. I'm, tr- I'm not sure exactly the, the correct year, but we have a mutual friend that we both like to give a hard time about. Uh, yeah, Mark Carey, get on this podcast already. <laughs> but we, I think we've known each other since like 2014, 2015, right in that area. So we met right. through the, our mutual friend uh, at that around that time, and we hit it off because we both love music, but uh, we also love movies too. Mm. And uh, so every year you've been usually to most of them uh, coming to our uh, Oscar movie nights oh. that we that we put on. Look forward to them every year, man. Yeah. Can't wait for the this next season. Um, but you, so we're here in Grand Rapids. You're from uh, the Grand Rapids area. Mm-hmm. You were, uh, you were born here, but you were raised in the vicinity in Kentwood, and then you moved to Byron Center. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Um. So yeah, I grew up in Kentwood for my whole life up until probably about eighth grade year. That's uh, so when I transferred to Byron. Two very different. Um, very different environments um, in terms of like the people the people I associated with on a daily basis. Um, Kentwood was a far more, and I don't want to get into politics and all that kind of stuff too much, but Kentwood was a far more diverse district. Um, so growing up, I had that opportunity to be exposed to a lot of different cultures, a lot of different music, a lot of different um, you know things of that nature, whereas Byron Center was very... Uh, very much not as much that. Very white. <laughs> well, putting it bluntly, um, yes, it was very, uh, it was very Dutch and very white, which isn't a bad thing, just different, right? Yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, and then from that point on, I grew up in Byron Center until uh, until college, then I moved out. Yeah. So, with music, uh, you didn't really start out as like a any connection with any particular artist or band, but you were definitely influenced by whatever your parents were playing, right? Yeah, uh, like you, you nailed it right on the head. Um, growing up, I didn't have, at least in my early years, didn't have an affinity for music. It was just something that was played on the radio or you heard in the soundtrack of a movie. But it wasn't really something I was like, that's a that's a big deal, you know. Um, so yeah, whatever my parents were playing when we were driving or whatever, it was it just it was just background noise, right? Not uh, not a focal point. <laughs> what uh, do you remember anything that they were playing? Your parents? Usually, whatever on the you know was ever on the local classic rock station, Bruce Springsteen, um, uh, Guns N' Roses, AC/DC, Led Zeppelin, all that all that kind of classic rock stuff. 60s, 70s, 80s. That was that was their vibe. That was their jam, and I just was along for the ride. <laughs> Which is funny because that's kind of like you're kind of a, a go-to now, <laughs> even though it wasn't when you were a kid. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm sure we'll mention talk about it later, but yeah, as a kid I listened to that just because that was what was there, and then in my later years I rebelled and moved on to other things and other types of music, but eventually I came back around to it, so yeah. it's kind of interesting how that works. Right. So, uh, growing up, 
you decided to uh, play the trumpet. Mm -hmm. You played the sax as well in uh, a variety of different bands because mm -hmm. it was both jazz band and marching band, right? Right. Uh, tell us about what that was like. So yeah, I, uh, first year we started doing music with sixth grade in our district, right? Middle school. I didn't want, at the time, I was vehemently opposed to playing an instrument. Like, instrument, that's for nerds, that's for squares, but you have to do a year of music, so whatever. So I'll do choir. Oh, it was required? Yep, it was in middle school where I went. Yep, yeah. at least a year. Okay. So I started off doing choir just because that required the least amount of effort on my part. You could just go, show up, sing in the background, hopefully no one notices you, and yeah. do your thing. Two months in, I was like, this sucks. I hate it. And I don't remember the reason why, but I went to my parents, and I was like, I want to play trumpet. So started doing that and loved it, even in, in sixth grade. Um, started really getting into it, learning about music theory, learning about um, classical artists, even, even at that young of an age. Um, it really kind of drew me in and just really loved playing. Still didn't really listen to a lot of music necessarily. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't something I did spend a lot of my time on. Um, but then, yeah, in high school, uh, still playing the trumpet and a little bit of the saxophone, I, we went into marching band. And um, the thing with marching band is it's, I mean, the music's fun, it, don't get me wrong, but it's really not about that so much as it is about the experiences you build with other people. Kind of like a sport or any other, you know, activity where you're with the same people for a long group or a long amount of time and working on something together, right? right. You build those experiences, that camaraderie, um, and out of that fosters really good friendships. Some, well, a lot of which I still um, maintain to this day. Um, so music for me during that time wasn't, it wasn't something that I like listened to. I'm like, oh, that really speaks to me or that really encapsulates my life or something I'm dealing with good or bad or however. Um, it was more of a conduit for other things, really great things in my life that I would never, would never, I'm never... Uh, you wouldn't want to trade it away. Yeah, I wouldn't want to trade away for anything, for sure. Yeah. What, what, uh, any stories that you can <laughs> Hey man, what, what happens at marching band or happens at band camp? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, most of the most of the goofy stories are the crazy stories. I mean, it, you know, any marching band experience—the senior pranks, the just general goofing around—that results in property destruction, the instruments in places where they shouldn't be. I mean, you know, it's the, the typical American pie band camp affair stuff. Right. Um, it's the band director very yeah. upset. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I remember I'm trying to remember my freshman year. We went to a camp called Camp Limberlost in Indiana doesn't exist anymore. It was the last year we went there. Very, uh, Where in Indiana? Not far from the border. Okay. Um, again, this is yeah. 14, 15 years ago now. Jeez. Um, but it was, all I remember is we're driving through, you know, cow fields and pastures to get there. And our, our bus broke down on the road near a house. And as soon as we break down, a bunch of people come out and we can tell based on how they're dressed and the, the kind of the area we're in that they're Amish folks. Yeah. And Amish folks, I mean, if you don't know, they're super nice. I mean, the nicest folks you will ever see. So they come out and they're like, oh, what can we do to help? But of course, you know, it's not like they've got a tire for a, you know, an 18-inch tire for a bus or anything like that. So they come out, they do what they can, and we eventually got a mechanic to come out, take a look at it in the area, and got going, got going again after a few hours. But, but that was fun. Um, and then, yeah, just the usual, usual stuff that kind of goes down at band camp. Not, I mean, nothing like, you know, 
nobody got pregnant or you know nobody died or anything like that but you know the typical kind of stuff that happens at, at a band camp um like i said destruction of property people getting injured and so on and so forth why did you want to do the trumpet as a as your instrument why did you want to play the trumpet uh if i was to tell you when i was in sixth grade at the time why it would have been well my sisters played instruments one of them did stringed instrument another one did a woodwind instrument so i'm like i want to do something different i can do what my sisters did because i had a sister who played viola another one who played a flute so okay. i'm like well i'm gonna do that um and so i don't know i would have expected maybe drums then <laughs> <laughs> well the thing with drums is you got to uh you couldn't go start off with playing drums you because everyone Stare. wants to do it right everyone wants to do it so you've got to go and, and work your way up to it after like a year or two then they'll let you play so I probably thought about it at the time, but I was like, ah, that's way too much effort. So and I don't know what drove me to the trumpet. It could have been, it could have been trombone. It could have been tuba. You know, yeah. just it just at the time it seemed like what I wanted to do. Now looking back, like, what do you think about that that time of jazz and marching band? Mm. So yeah, as as far as the music side of it. Um, Jazz for me really became important my junior year. We had a jazz program. We didn't have a jazz program at Byron Center until my freshman year. It was the very first year it happened. And it started because of a new director who had come in. His name's Mark Townley. Still teaches there. Um, that was the first year he was there and he turned the whole music program around. It wasn't bad beforehand. It was a very nice director at the time, but it was someone who was kind of on his way out and not really driven to see the music program take off. Love the kids, was the nicest man you'll ever meet, but didn't, couldn't really get the program lifted up. New guy comes in, and within a year or two of the program is winning competitions, it's developing a jazz program, it's doing all these really great things, and with that motivation from him and his teaching style, he really helped push me in the direction of looking at music as a viable career choice, as a viable lifestyle, um, and when when the jazz program took off my junior year, that was when I really thought, okay, this might be want to be something I would do for the rest of my life as you know, a way of life. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you started going to college mm -hmm. as a jazz major. Mm -hmm. um, and so your teacher was the, the primary influence then for that? For sure. Oh yeah, by far. Um, like I said, just his teaching style, he himself was a jazz student, um, and he's one of those individuals who, you know, teaching as whole to a group at large was 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 perfect, but then also, if you wanted one-on-one -on -one with him, he'd always had time for you, always willing to go the extra mile for the students who were really interested, who really loved music, and weren't just there to, you know, get a, fulfill a requirement. Um, he would push the school to open, to spread the budget wide open, to send us to camps, to send us to concerts we went to dozens of concerts a year out in chicago detroit msu wharton center down to kalamazoo at um, western music where they had a really good jazz program yeah we're intermingling with the students there um, at msu at western all the time getting lessons or just going to see them and just kind of building up this like our program but then just building up the excitement for it would you say that having visited all of those college locations was also a huge Oh. driving force then to to go for that major oh yeah because music is a major that you don't go for it for the money 
right? You don't go in there knowing that when I get out of here, I'm gonna have this degree, I'm gonna make the big bucks. You go into it knowing ahead of time that uh, you're gonna be leading probably a non-conventional lifestyle. Um, regardless if you make, if you quote unquote make it or not. So you know that the students who were there, they were passionate. Yeah. They were in the practice room shedding hours a day and they loved it. Hmm. So in college too though, you're, you're not only just working with a jazz band and as your major as well, but you're also learning to, to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Well, um, my senior year of high school, I want to say, I was at a state where I wasn't, I knew leaving, going into college that I, I liked the trumpet, but I didn't want to pursue that as my long-term instrument. So I picked up the saxophone my junior, about my junior high school um, with the thought that that was what I was going to do in college. Because I, as now I had progressed to the point where I was, you know, I had more musicianship, had more um, expertise, had a better ear. And I was like, I enjoyed this instrument more. So I started playing that, um, while at the same time, um, I'd always wanted to play guitar, even when I was younger, even before I started in sixth grade, but that wasn't really a, a instrument you could do in band, right? Um, so I picked that up kind of at the same time as just something else to diddle and play along with. Not really something serious, um, like I did with the trumpet or the sax, but just something to have a little fun with. And then around the time I got into college, I was a jazz studies major for, for one year at uh, a local community college in Grand Rapids. And I, I got to the point doing that where I realized that I really liked music and music performance and the whole lifestyle that goes with it, but I didn't love it, right? I didn't, uh, didn't want to be in a practice room six plus hours a day, every day, just to stand a chance to, to make it, right? Yeah. Because if, you, if you're not dedicated, if you're not doing that every day, you're going to have a really hard time sustaining a life um, if you're not at the top 1 of 1%, 1% of 1% kind of thing. So that was when the guitar was kind of an avenue just to continue playing music, but not in a, as, a, uh, as a lifestyle or not, not as a career path, but just something to have a little fun with or something to just kind of express myself, but not as a as a means for as a means for economic feasibility right was this around the time when you started getting involved with your church band then yeah um, so there was a couple different things with that so I started in high school with the church band playing trumpet and saxophone and like like with marching band or all the other kind of avenues that pursued it was a good way to meet a ton of people how did you have time right I'm just like <laughs> I'm just thinking man <laughs> You seemed really busy with music. Oh, yeah, in high school, man, it was that was all I did. I was I was skipping other classes or listening or um, practicing things like just reading through sheet music on my other classes, just to fit stuff in. Um, yeah, but with the church though, it was I don't know. At the time, I was a lot more religious than I am now, and it just seemed like a good way to um, to worship to give back. Um, while at the same time still doing something that I love to do. And so I played in a church band that had a kick-butt director who would write his own parts for all of the horns, and, and it was a huge band. I mean, there was probably 20-something of us most weeks, a full choir. Wow. I mean, it was an experience, right? Yeah. It wasn't just a band, it was an experience. Um, and to play, to play to that, to be a part of that was awesome, 
even if you know look even if nowadays maybe I'm not as religious so that doesn't mean the same things it meant to me back then I'm still happy I went through that experience explain why you were happy about it just the chance to the chance to move into something or to experience a different style of music because Christian music um, either whether it's contemporary or if it's big band or whatever it's, it's a very different style of music um, and it's for a very different purpose right the music isn't played to have people worship us or to have people praise us it's about something else entirely um, and when I was in college actually my kind of my last um, one of my would have been my third year of college when I was at Grand Valley I joined uh, InterVarsity which is a Christian fellowship group and we, we did a camp one year and I was at this camp and I was playing and you will never meet a people that is more passionate about about anything than people in that age range especially when it comes to uh, religion we were playing for a group of probably about 400 people and it was our final performance of the week of the camp and when we were playing everyone had their hands up everyone was moving everyone was jumping around whereas you go to a typical church around you know west michigan everyone's at best you got two people that are into it and the other rest of the other hundred people are just kind of shuffling in their feet this is it's just a wild experience yeah it's nuts it's a, a different experience that you were maybe used to right, right. very yeah very much so just to see that but but yeah, but then like I mentioned in college, I kind of got out of the, the religious aspect of it and just, just enjoyed to play. So I, yeah, I picked up picked up the guitar late in high school and then um, started just jamming around with different bands. Well, so what, you were jamming out with other bands. Mm -hmm. what, what was that about? What, what, uh, well, uh, what type of bands are you talking about? Well, it started off just as something for fun. So some, some of the guys from my church as well as some other folks we knew. We uh, we got together and just formed kind of a jam band, and then from there we started writing a little a little bit on our own, and then just doing a lot of covers. But most of it was the kind of stuff that you know people at a bar, people at a club would like to hear. They get you dancing, they get you moving. I mean, I'm talking like "Hey Yeah" by Outkast, and you know things along that vibe. Good good dance jams that you start playing, and there's always going to be three or four people that immediately just rush the stage. Yeah, they're going to shake it like a, a Polaroid picture. That's right. <laughs> That's right, man. So we did that for a while, um, fears, fears. We were together doing that, and then since then I've just kind of rotated bands, um, and the style we play has changed. The venues we've played have changed, but that this the the passion for playing has always always been there. So, when you started out playing the guitar, what what music were you trying to learn from? Hmm. <laughs> well. As anyone who's played guitar or thought about it, there's there's always some well-known um, styles you go to. Usually, most people, you know, you know, with like the trumpet or saxophone, you, what do you learn first? Mary had a little lamb. You had hot cross buns. You know, you learn all that kind of stuff, right? With the guitar, you usually start off with blues, classic rock, stuff that you hear on the radio, right? That's that's approachable. Things like Sweet Child of Mine, things like Freebird, you know, all that all that kind of stuff, you know. You free birds, you know, there's always stairway that. to heaven. Stairway to heaven, right? No stairway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, stuff like that. So yeah, I, so I started off kind of in the same boat, um, learning classic rock, learning that kind of stuff, stuff that's approachable. Going up to YouTube because I'm not that old. YouTube was around at the time, so I could look up videos on how to play songs or how yeah. to learn theory and chords and kind of build off of that. 
What do you think is like the best part about learning music like that for the first time? The reward that comes from learning something that you spent a lot of time on, whether that's, you know, it starts off with super simple songs, scales, things of that nature, but then eventually you get to the point where you can play music you really wanted to play. Like, yeah. man, I've always wanted to learn how to play whatever it could be. You well, know? What is it? What, what did you, what was that for you? Oh, at the time, oh man, what were, what were the songs that I really wanted? Uh, Freebird. Wanna, wanna Be? Spice Girls? <laughs> yes, exactly. Man, how could you tell? Spice Girls is just in my veins. <laughs> Probably for me um, was, was Freebird. Just because it's on the radio and you listen to it, like, man, those guitars are going at it for like 10 minutes. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And it, it's really weird because it's one of those songs you listen to, like, oh, they're, those guys are insane. They're nuts. And then when you really break it down and you start to learn the instrument and learn music theory, you're like, what they're doing is actually not really complicated, but they're, the way that they play it and with the, just the emotion and the, and, the way the whole band comes together for it. And there's like five guitar parts on that album or on that song. Um, just the way they play it, it's just like, man, that's really interesting to learn. But getting to that point to be able to play that, it's like, man, like I achieved this and oh, and yeah, that felt good. Is it is there like a the payoff too from performing in front yes. of people too? Yeah, definitely the double whammy um, of, you know. Double <laughs> Right? <laughs> Yes, reference. Um, so yeah, they're you know, learning the song and the achievement of being able to play it all the way through, but then also yeah, performing. I've always always enjoyed performing as early as you know middle school when we're playing those dumb hot cross bun songs and things like that. Um, to now you know playing in front of people, singing in front of people, whatever that might be. I definitely definitely love it, and it's always it's always the best when the crowd's into it, which is I think why I alluded back to those years when I was playing in religious groups, usually people who are there for a purpose other than the music for worship or whatever it might be, they're usually more often into the music I've seen and more willing to kind of bear their soul and put emotion into it that you can see. Um, whereas now, nowadays I usually play more, you know, uh, in bars and clubs and outdoor arenas and things like that. Um, where you don't see that as much, but every so often you play at a venue and you can, you see that and it's just, oh. When people are into it, there's nothing better. But yeah, when when you got a group of like probably the best experience I've had with this current band I'm in, we were playing in Holland, right? Which is the Dutchiest of white Dutch West Michigan, which is already white and Dutch. Um, so we're playing there, and I'm expecting you know nothing, right? And uh, for for the first hour, it's early, it's eight o'clock. People are starting to show up. All right, second and third sets getting a little later tonight, and a couple party buses come in. I'm like, oh, here we go. Party buses fill out. And these are big party buses. Probably about 50 people fill this bar all of a sudden, which was already pretty packed, but just not with uh, people who were super into it. So now all of a sudden, 50, 20-somethings come in, and we change up the music, right? We always play to the crowd. So 20-somethings come in. We start playing dance music. We start playing the kind of stuff that 20-somethings are going to like. And it was... Shit was lit, right? <laughs> For two sets, we just the I mean, we were we were on a tiny little stage and we had to like condense to fit everyone in there. It was nuts. Everyone was up in the air. Someone actually crowd surfed. Yeah. I was like, here we go. This is what I'm talking about. You've mentioned a couple times now, uh, music theory. Mm. Why is it so hard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking from my own experience, more so. But what? What, what is it 
why does it seem complicated? Why is it the thing that is driving the primary, you know, like classical and mm -hmm. jazz mm -hmm. primarily, but yeah. it's still, you have its influences even with current music. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, a lot, a lot of music today is, yeah, based off the blues, came in, coming from jazz, but I think the thing with theory is that, you know, when most people think of music theory, they think of all these, in you know, inundating stuff like, oh, I gotta learn my scales, or I gotta, you know, do all these tricks with my voices, do re mi fa so, you know, all that kind of stuff, and they're like, yeah, that's not music, right? And so it's it's tough to see start to finish how does learning music theory and my scales and all this kind of stuff how does that translate to me being a better performer right um but it's like what's a what's a good metaphor it's like eating your wheaties for breakfast right <laughs> wheaties aren't tasteful you don't eat wheaties because they're coated in sugar and they give you that that buzz for the next hour you eat them because they're good for you right it's the same thing with theory you don't do you have i'll say this you don't have to know music theory to be a good musician right but it gives you a lot of tools that other musicians don't have. It allows you to be, I think, more expressive. It's like learning a language, right? Right. When you, you go to English class to learn, you know, maybe vocab outside of your usual repertoire or to just learn ways to use the languages you don't normally use. Repertoire, vocab word of the day. <laughs> That's right. This, this word brought to you by... Um, <laughs> You know, things like that, but you know, you never, you know, the dog jumped over the brown fence or whatever it is, you know, those, um, those kind of things. You don't speak like that in daily language, but learning it and understanding how it works and enables you, I don't know, to bring it back to music, learning your scales and your theory enables you to be more expressive, I find, personally. Hmm. But it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a difficult process, though. Right. Why is it, why is it so difficult? It's boring. <laughs> when yeah, I mean you're sitting there and you're learning technique and you're you know, you're going there with like a metronome or just with your voice or whatever and you're slowly building speed and range over time. It's it's tough to see the end of the the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Cuz those things are gradual. It takes a long time to build it up. It's not something that one day you're like, I got it. Yeah. And I think maybe it's just our our culture with how fast we are and in terms of pace. Sure. To where we we expect immediate results, and oh yeah, yeah you don't get that with us. No, so. especially well when people first start learning music, right? If uh, their parents put them in lessons or piano or whatever, it's at such a young age. You know, how can you expect a twelve-year-old to sit down for an hour and stay focused on something oh in today's age? When I was twelve, I didn't have smartphones and the internet was just becoming a thing. Yeah. Now, video games are so huge now. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, that's just mind-boggling to think that a 12-year-old would want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, but they're—I I don't know—they're out there, man. They're still there's still people learning and jamming and picking up an instrument, singing to their heart's content. It's—it's it's still there. Yeah, we need it. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned a couple times you—you're still jamming out. Oh, you're yeah. still rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. um, what? What's going on with that? Like uh, you're in a you're in a band yep. currently, right? And mostly, what kind of music? So again, we we kind of play to the crowd a little bit, but generally speaking, if um, we were just playing the music we personally really wanted to play, usually we're going to look at um, kind of more intricate things. So we're talking hard rock, 
maybe borderline metal for some things. Um, so bands like Nightmare, or <laughs> Nightmare, excuse me, bands like Avenged Sevenfold, uh, Disturbed, um, Dream Theater, things of that nature, right? Those are those are pieces that that me uh, and a lot of the other players, you know, we kind of really get off on because it's really fun to play, right? It's very technical, it's very precise, it requires a lot of coordination. There's lots of there's lots of times when we're up on stage looking at each other, you know, counting things out and making sure that we're all coming in right to the beat and right at time because music just sounds so much better when the band's tight. And that that experience on top of how the crowd's reacting is is awesome. Yeah. So I've I've seen you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a a very odd location <laughs> for the. Uh, a young adult. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it lightly. Yeah. Um, but you guys were really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I think a couple hours I saw, and it was very diverse in terms of music, like you had mentioned, you know, it, with all the genres that you you just talked about. Mm-hmm. And it was it was solid. Just, Thanks, uh, man. Yeah. Just weird location yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh the log cabin for those who don't know it's kind of a dive bar in uh, the south side of grand Rapids. um usually the clientele around there is you know 40 to 50 you know maybe you know been around the black one too many times seen some <laughs> shit um <laughs> kind of thing so yeah a young adult is definitely not the target demographic of that particular bar mm. so <laughs> Uh, some other things we've done together, uh, we've been to a couple concerts, mm-hmm. we went and saw Weezer and the Pixies. Mm. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think. We've seen a lot of local shows. Yeah, we, we saw uh, a friend's uh, band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hopefully some more shows here in the future. Uh, and we've done karaoke. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, that's fun. Yeah, well, you want to tell the audience your uh, your song <laughs> that you've done. So what's funny is when I when I personally sing, I don't I don't sing uh, any of the kind of music we play. Like I'm very I don't have a voice that's really good for hard rock uh, kind of stuff. So usually I do the lighter fanfare. So so my jams, my go to is '90s stuff. And in this particular night that uh, that Kyle and I shared, uh, I I opened with "Inside Out" by Eve Six. Which was definitely a crowd pleaser. Uh, fortunately, my, my performance wasn't uh, up to par as we had uh, we'd been at a bar previously and voices were kind of shot for both of us. But um, it was definitely I, fun. I think I had a sore throat. Yeah, I think yeah, you were alone in the weather. But I still I still jammed out to my heart's content. Oh yeah, you did. I think at one point you were like jumping up on tables, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's my go-to. <laughs> it's pretty you sure know. you're about to rip a shirt off or something. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. <laughs> In, in the time since uh, college, you've been so prior to prior to uh, maybe this uh, this band. Mm-hmm. You you were always trying to understand the technical side of music that you mm-hmm. were trying to play or understand or learn. Uh, you didn't always like you mentioned before. You weren't always trying to enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's since changed a lot in the last few years. Uh, any, any idea as to why that might be? So I think as I got out of high school, 
got into college and started kind of shifting um, shifting my viewpoint on what I want to do with my life and where direction I want to take, um, that also kind of transitioned how I listened to music, right? So I was always listening with a musician's ear, like how many parts are there, what are the harmonies, um, what are the guitarists doing, or what is the trumpet player doing, and all that kind of stuff. As kind of the years have gone on, um, since I haven't... You know, I'm not out playing as often, or I'm not... Um, not spending eight hours a day. Exactly. Which, it, for for hot six months in college, it was literally in a practice room for six to eight hours a day. Oh, my word. Which is nuts, looking back on it. But, but again, that's, oh. you know, I knew at the time that's what it took, and that's, and that's what I wanted to do at that place in my life. But, but yeah, I've, uh, yeah, since kind of shifted that view a little bit. Um, and I've, so I've always, I've always had a tough time listening to music for the sake of music, and it's been a gradual process. But now I've tried to listen to, you know, just kind of start off gracefully with like listening while I'm studying for something else. Put something on in the background or when I'm cooking dinner or whatever. Just put something light, just a little jam on, just to kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Um, that and if a, a band that I particularly like comes out with a new album, just listen a couple times without like trying to pick it apart. Well, what chords are they playing? What uh, what scales are they using? That kind of stuff. And it's been tough, um, especially since I still listen to kind of the same bands, the the harder, heavier stuff for the most part. It's tough to to try to not do that, yeah. but kind of getting better to revert back to right. what you used to do. Mm-hmm. What are some of the bands that you are listening to then? specifically sure um kind of some of the ones that i mentioned and like that we play in our current group so i'm listening to a lot of Avenged sevenfold um on this and just recently tool has recently put out their uh their whole discography out on spotify and itunes and all kind of stuff so i've <laughs> as much as i know kyle just loves that kind of stuff <laughs> i'll just it's more. It's like trying to. You're you're trying to force me to listen to something that I. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you and Mark both have been trying to. Broaden your horizons. Y- y- well, okay. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe more like forcefully. Uh, make me listen to it. There's some truth to that. Yeah. There's a lot of truth. <laughs> to that. But, but yes, I've, I've listened through that. I'm, I'm trying to go through the whole discography right now, just from start to finish, chronologically, um, without, again, without trying to dissect every little part and piece. Just listen through it, enjoy it. Um, but then, I'm, you know, there are some, you know, more poppy bands or some lighter groups that I like to listen to. I like to listen to The Killers. I uh, like to listen to 90s stuff. Um, any, you know, that genre uh, of music, I don't, uh, I can't do country, I'm sorry. I play it, but I can't listen to it. <laughs> um, but pretty much anything else, even even some rap I can appreciate, um, especially like bands like Immortal Technique or other groups who really put a lot of effort into the lyrics and what the, the points that they're trying to convey, especially a lot of those who get more political in their messages. Um, so like, even, uh, it's not necessarily rap, but... Uh... Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my jam. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember, so we went and saw a 90s cover band. Yes. And they did Killing in the Name of. Yes. And you remember just going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the whole oh. night, the whole night, the crowd was good, right, in this couple hundred people, at least in this, in this packed venue. The crowd was good, but it wasn't nuts until that last song. Just, uh, and just. Well, my heart will go on. Yes. <laughs> 
I don't know what is up with that song, but everybody was singing that song. But they were into it. Yeah. But then when Killing in the Name of came on, oh man, we were moshing and just we, going nuts. We were going nuts. Oh man. Yeah, guys, girls, so fun. big and small, all around. It was it was fun. Well, yeah, I know I, the thing with Rage is they're like the one band that I've actually really paid attention, or one of the bands that I've really paid attention to for the lyrics, right? Like, I think I've mentioned it. I've never listened to bands, like, listen to the lyrics, like, oh, that really speaks to me, or that's really, you know, conveying a message that I can appreciate until we start getting into political stuff. And, and Kyle and I, we've got a history of discussing politics and, and having um, opinions, we'll say. <laughs> um won't get into that, but yes, Rage, they've obviously got a very political message, um, yeah. very anti-establishment, which is kind of ironic because they, you know, they have record labels and things like that, but they're, they're conveying a point in a means, in a medium they, they can use. Right. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, their message that they have in most of their, their uh, tunes, I can appreciate. What's crazy with them is that you know, we're talking 20 years later and a lot of the same yes. issues that they raised are still happening, uh, whether it's uh, like killing in the name of uh, you know, like a, a white officer killing a, a black man. Yes. To uh, the greed of the wealthy mm -hmm. for bulls on parade. It's. it's I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of those messages are, are timeless. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned. Um, well, hopefully, not timeless, but right. Yeah, <laughs> we're a more optimistic view of humanity yeah, in the future. Still, struggles that we're dealing with even now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's 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 definitely true. And I, um, for those who haven't seen it, I recommend YouTubing it. There's a video out there of Rage Against the Machine playing at the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, I heard about that. I'd say it's 2000 or 04, something, yeah, or something like was, that. It was one of those two. I think it would have been 2000 because they broke up in like 01, 02. Okay. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it basically riots kind of ensued after that. They played a show in the morning and by the time night was coming down, then things started getting pretty crazy. I don't even know how they would have, like, the DNC thought that was okay. <laughs> Like, oh, they're kind of left-leaning, right? They'd be a good band. <laughs> well. No, they're calling you out, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was... Uh, they're, they're, they're a band I would love to see live. Oh, man, if they could ever... You know, with Prophets of Rage, they've kind of brought it back a little bit, but it's yeah. not quite the same. Right. I mean, Chuck D, man. He's, he's amazing. Yes. So... To, to end it out, mm -hmm. uh, why, why do we listen to music? Why is it important for us to, to partake in, in that? I know for me personally, um, it, for me, it, it really stimulates the creative side of my brain. I was never a drawer uh, or a painter or an artist in the physical sense. Um, so to get that, that's that to engage the creative side of me, I've had to engage in, in music and it's been an outlet for that. Um, and just kind of helped me to, you know, be a more well-rounded person, um, which I think is important for everybody, right? To have some kind of creative outlet, even if, you know, even if by day you're, you know, I don't want to pick on any career field in general, but, but let's say by day you're an accountant, right? by all accounts from the outside, not a very stimulating career field. Um, 
you still need something or you especially need something beyond that to really engage the you know the, the your personage that you don't have that you don't express otherwise you know right some kind of outlet some kind of way to to just get that out for me that's that's really important after a month or two of not going out and gigging or not going out and practicing I'm feeling it. I need to get out. I need to be up on stage, jumping around, shouting around, whatever it is. I need to. I need to do that. Yeah. And so then, then that applies to everybody else, to to have that some some type of musical outlet. Some. I mean, some type of outlet, right? I mean, um, some type of creative outlet. You know, I don't know if it can apply to everyone, but I would say I feel like a majority of people. Majority of people, their lives would be either improved or at least they'd have a better viewpoint if they had some type of creative outlet, right? Yeah. But I don't want to, you know, I want to say that for everybody that's the case and if your life isn't, you know, less important or not as meaningful or something like that, everybody's different. Everyone's got yeah. their own viewpoints. But for me personally, that is very important. You mentioned well-rounded. What did you mean by that? You know, you go, so if you have a, work in a normal career field, right, like I, like I mentioned, like accountant Joe or whatever it might be, um, you know, you're, you're probably really good at that one thing and you do that 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, you need to have, you know, some other things that, again, engage other sides of your brain, engage other outlets that you don't normally use. Um, and for me, for music, it engages a lot of other things, just the creative outlets. So I, when I'm performing or when I go out and jam, I meet a lot of people from all different walks of life, rich, poor, um, white, black, whatever it is, um, conservative, liberal, religious, not religious. So it really broadened my kind of worldview a little bit. And we've, we've played around and in music, you meet a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. Even when I was at college, uh, GRCC, as a music major, there was a locker room that everyone would kind of congregate in, in between classes. And that was probably the most diverse part of campus by far. Oh, wow. Right? And the stories and the camaraderie. I mean, again, you can get that with other things, right? You know, sports um, or the, work, the team you might work with. Maybe you have that there. Um, but for me, it was music. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Josh. Appreciate the uh, discussion. Hell uh, yeah. What's up? Let's hang out soon. You've been out of town too much lately. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Peace. See ya. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Leakty. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.